When you have the right recon process in place, it's easy to stay ahead of the game. Put your recon on cruise control today with iRecon, the solution built directly in Viato that obliterates recon inefficiencies and accelerates your used car sales. Visit viato.com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, December 6, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Jake Neer, in for Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Ford says almost two-thirds of its dealers have agreed to its controversial new EV rules. Two Detroit automakers began supplying electric vans to DHL on two continents, and Stellantis says its brands are all performing since its merger. Plus, part one of our exclusive interview with Ford CEO Jim Farley from yesterday's Automotive News Congress in Detroit. I mean, how I saw this decision is, it's kind of the future of the franchise system hangs in the balance here. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Almost two thirds of Ford's U.S. dealer network has signed up for the automaker's electric vehicle certification program. That's what CEO Jim Farley told us yesterday at the Automotive News Congress in Detroit. Farley says more than 1,900 retailers have agreed to follow rigorous new sales standards and invest heavily in EV chargers and training. Of those, almost 1,700 chose the Certified Elite track, which requires investing as much as $1.2 million. The announcement comes as opposition to the program grows, including multiple dealer lawsuits that challenge the legality of the program, as well as criticism from U.S. Senator Richard Blumenthal and Connecticut lawmakers who say it violates their state's franchise laws. Farley says he doesn't regret the way Ford rolled out the program. There's always a better way to do a rollout like this. Always. But I don't think we made really any big mistakes. Farley also commented on news yesterday that Ford Pro, Ford Motor Company's unit focusing on commercial customers, has signed a memorandum of understanding with Deutsche Post DHL Group. Ford Pro will supply the German courier service with 2,000 electric vans and provide access to e-telematics software and charging solutions. Farley says Ford's growth in the commercial vehicle market is key to the automaker's future. The commercial customers are going to be the way the industry learns about software and data and electrification as much or more than the retail customer. They pay more for the data, they are heavier users of the data, um, and it's more integrated into our physical service network, which is our difference from Tesla. So I see Ford Pro as the future Ford. Make sure to stick around for more of our conversation with Ford CEO Jim Farley in just a few minutes. Ford isn't the only American automaker who announced yesterday it's supplying DHL with electric vans. General Motors started producing the Bright Drop Zevo 600 electric van in Canada and landed DHL Express Canada as its first customer outside the U.S. for the commercial delivery vehicle unit. DHL will use the Zevo vans in its fleet starting early in 2023. GM says DHL also is testing Bright Drop's software platform and Trace Electric Pallet in Toronto. The COO of Stellantis North America says all 14 of its brands are performing since the 2021 merger of Fiat Chrysler and PSA Group. At the time, each brand had varying levels of market success, and a key question going into the tie-up was whether all of these brands would have a future under one umbrella. Stellantis COO Mark Stewart says that as of now, there are signs they will. It just shows what we've been able to do of something that was a question mark in our history, you know, history going forward of 
can everything survive? And uh, everybody's got a fighting chance and everybody is performing, which is great. Stewart was also speaking at Automotive News Congress in Detroit yesterday. Tune in on Thursday to Daily Drive for more of that conversation. And about 270 workers at an auto neon plant in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, went on strike last week against the key global automotive insulation supplier. Contract negotiations between the company and its union stalled after workers rejected the company's latest contract offer. Workers walked off the job Thursday afternoon, according to media reports. Switzerland-based Autonium focuses on internal and external sound and heat insulation systems. The supplier says it works with almost every major automaker, including GM, Ford, and Stellantis. And those are today's headlines. And a lot of that, Jamie, coming from uh, Automotive News Congress in Detroit yesterday, especially that first item from Jim Farley breaking this news about how many two-thirds of their dealers are agreeing to what we have seen as a pretty controversial EV program. Are you surprised so many are uh, opting in? You know, maybe a little bit. It's, it's hard to tell because... Ford wouldn't say how many they really expected to sign up. And we know that some of those who were reluctant will have a, a second window later in the decade if they want to decide to get in then. So it's, it's not necessarily an end-all, be-all decision. It was interesting in the interview, uh, Jim Farley said that he speculated that some of the uh, opposition may actually be coming from dealers that are not Ford dealers or that are primarily not Ford dealers, but want to use their state associations to challenge the concept uh, in case some other automaker tries to do it in a less collaborative and uh, forward-thinking way. That, that was his take on it. So we'll see how it turns out. I, I do suspect that a lot of them um, are kind of hedging their bets, and they, they, just, they know they're going to have to make investments, whether they like every detail of the program as it was proposed. They don't want to be left out. Yeah. And coming up, we'll hear a lot more about this from Ford CEO Jim Farley. He's going to talk about the company's rollout of this dealership EV requirement program and more. That's coming up next on Daily Drive. Warning, your reconditioning process needs attention. Unexpected shortages and delays can throw off even the most routine recon work, slowing your sales and eating into your bottom line. Identify and fix reconditioning inefficiencies to turn your inventory faster with iRecon. This reconditioning solution, built directly in V-Auto, keeps you in control of your service department and puts your recon on cruise control. With real-time alerts and reports, iRecon helps you get ahead of potential issues before they become costly problems. You'll be able to track who's doing the work and how long tasks are taking, see the status of any vehicle in an instant, and make adjustments where needed. And it's all done in an easy-to-use dashboard you can customize to fit your workflow. Obliterate inefficiencies and accelerate your used car sales only with iRecon. Run your personal recon diagnostics with us today and put your process on cruise control. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Jake Neer. As you heard earlier in the program, Ford CEO Jim Farley had a lot to talk about at yesterday's Automotive News Congress in Detroit. The automaker is navigating its own way through the massive transformation of the industry, including electrification, changing retail models, and commercial vehicles. Farley spoke with our publisher, Casey Crane. Here's a piece of their conversation. You guys had a conversation with your dealers, and I think last week you asked them to kind of not draw a line in the sand, but make a decision around their investment uh, for the EV future. And they had to let you know, I think, by Friday. Yes. How did it go? (laughs) We just got the numbers in, and so this will be the first time we can chat about it, being concrete. Uh, We have just under 2,004 dealers who signed up to distribute our Model E vehicles. Um, 1,920. Uh, of 3,000? Out of 3,000, just under 3,000 dealers. So about just over 65% of our network will be selling our Model E. Um, and we will launch the new consumer experience, and our, our plan is January, early 2024. Was there much of a breakdown uh, between the certified or certified elite, and then also even between rural and urban markets? Yes, there was. Most of the dealers are elite dealers. I think uh, 300 of uh, 1,900 are the smaller, smaller experience, smaller investment dealers. So almost all of them, I think 80 plus percent are, are elite dealers with the bigger can, investment. And you can see some of the rural dealers holding off for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, what we decide to do, I mean, we're betting on the franchise system. You know, now the largest luxury brand in the United States didn't. And uh, we're betting on the dealer council process. And Tim, uh, Tim and um, well, the whole team, Marty and Tim, we just got done with dealer council last week, actually. Um, and we worked with them for a long time, like a year, to come up with the right customer experience and the right investment level. And they felt because we have a lot of rural dealers who sell a lot of trucks, that they wanted to have a different standard, a lower investment standard for, for those dealers. Um, but we also decided to do something that hasn't been really reported on very much, is to have another window in 2027. Because hmm. we think that the EV adoption in the US will take time, and so we wanted to give dealers a, a chance to come back yeah. and sign up again in three years. Oh, that's interesting, I hadn't heard that. So. You know, if you got 19, was that the number you wanted? Yeah, 2000? it was about, I mean, we didn't actually have a number in mind. We really thought about coverage yeah. uh, of the EV market because so far we're number two in the U.S. in EV and 70 plus percent of the customers are new to us. So we wanted to get coverage for, you know, places where we don't have coverage like um, urban and, and heavy dense areas. And so, yeah, that's, we, we focus not so much on the numbers, Casey, was more like, do we have coverage in, you know, Orange County? Do we have the coverage in the, in the right parts uh, so people don't have to go too far? And five years buys the other dealers time to either yes. adopt new technology or, and still be profitable in the process. Yeah, and I think, you know, we don't know what we don't know. I mean, how I saw this decision is, it's kind of the future of the franchise system hangs in the balance here. You know, the number one EV player in, in the U.S. bet against the dealers. And we wanted to make an opposite choice. 
but we know the customer experience has to evolve because most of these people are new to us. Sure. Like the conquest numbers for us is a lot of Toyota customers, a lot of new people. We, we want to get Tesla customers. <laughs> And, and we want to offer them a great experience. So that, that was where most of the discussion was, is like, what is experience going to be like? And then when you think about, um, you know, some of these dealers that were pushing back a little bit. Yes. Uh, is that just extra work for the Ford team to say, listen, you got to come with us? Or is there an opportunity to say, maybe this partnership isn't right for moving forward? I think, you know, the way we looked at, look, it's like Jim. There's Andrew Frick over there, Mr. All-Star. Oh, Kumar's here too. And Kumar's here. So, like, we're, we came from that world. Like, we're, I mean, we have 400 dealers involved in this process. We've been working for, you know, a long time on this experience. And, you know, we're big boys and girls. If we get something wrong, we'll make an adjustment. We don't think we have anything wrong yet, but it's going to be a long journey. Like, I guess what I would say is, being in my position, People have to realize we're only in the second inning. Like we're just barely transitioning from the first to the second inning. And everyone wants all the answers in the eighth and ninth inning. <laughs> there, there, there are no answers. This is just the very beginning of this change. Yeah. So from our, our standpoint, um, you know, we want to work with our, our dealers. But there's certain things that the customers want that are kind of non-negotiable. And then there's certain things about the cost of our system of distributing through franchise dealers that we have to address. Um, we think that the Tesla direct model is a couple thousand dollars cheaper than the model we've had. And we have a lot of inventory everywhere. And we've gone now, thanks to Andrew's leadership and Kumar's, we've gone now to 60% of our sales are from, from orders now mm -hmm. in the US. I don't think there's any other brand doing that. It's and a European company. Yeah. It, well, actually, you're, it's funny you say that. Our, I think in the U.S., our sales from order is actually higher than Europe now. That's like hard to imagine because it was only 2 or 3% when we started. Um, so we work with Dealer Council, and, you know, we've had good, and I'm very close to it. Like, I was at the report out. It's not something I'm just going to watch happen. If we have to make adjustments, we'll make adjustments. Like it's it's Jim, and I mean it's us. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and, and I don't want to get anybody in the room in trouble. Um, but when you think about how you rolled this out, and a couple of these guys got litigious, uh, anything we could have done differently to approach it, or you're satisfied with? You know, look, there are a lot of headlines. Well, first of all, the dealer council process of the 3,000 dealers we have, maybe 400 are involved. Yeah. So you got 2,500 dealers who are just reading headlines. They don't know. So that's why we had the dealer meeting in Vegas in September. I went to every wave, talked to all the dealers, looked them in the eye, and said, this is what we want to do. Got feedback. We got a lot of really good feedback. Um, but, you know, I, I, I would say there's always a better way to do a rollout like this. Always. But I don't think we made really any big mistakes. So we work with the dealers, Tim and... And, and Marty were really helpful to us. And we made a lot of changes based on what they asked. And they, I think the dealers could see that. I think the problem that we went through is that we had 2,500 dealers kind of reading about it in automotive news without hearing from us. Right. And about the specifics of what the experience was going to be like or the investment was going to be like or what our volume was going to be and what the payback was going to be. They didn't know. 
And actually, I think most of the state associations um, that have kind of challenged what we're doing, and it's, we're number two, so it's natural we go first, um, is actually a lot of non-Ford dealers who, want, who aren't sure what their manufacturer's gonna do, so they're going to the state association saying, hey, you know, we should probably like challenge this because maybe my manufacturer's not gonna handle the way the Ford is. I mean, look how many traditional OEMs are launching new brands. Yeah. They're probably not gonna go to market like we're planning on. Um, so I think there's a lot of tension in dealers that aren't Ford dealers that don't know how their OEM is going to handle this. And everyone's taking a little bit of a different approach. Um, yes. And it is interesting. We've talked to a lot of OEMs through this process, but I only get you for so long, so I'm gonna move okay. off of this one. But thank you for your answers. Ford Pro. Yes. A deal with DHL for 2,000 electric vans? Yes. Pretty as excited. Congratulations. Good deal. Yeah, we're 80%. Is that as of today? Yeah, just oh. happened. We, we made that uh, headline for Automotive News. Um, no, we, we, we're now 80% of um, electric vans in the U.S. Um, and I think Lightning's been the top, you know, pickup truck, EV pickup truck most months now once we ramp up the production. So we're the leader in that space. And it's going a little faster than we expect. But Ford Pro is much bigger than selling, you know, Commercial EV trucks. or commercial right. trucks. It's a services and distribution company. That's what's cool about it. Expand on that a little bit, because you've always been very excited about the yeah. commercial business. Maybe I mean, coming from Toyota, I saw how hard it was to yeah. beat but Ford I mean, with Tundra. Even when you got to Europe, you know, yeah. you identified it very early. Yes, it did. Pretty much saved that market yes, it uh, did. in a really tough yes. time. Yes. Now you're here. What, what, what role does that play as you think about your strategy? It's a growth strategy. Yeah. Like, okay, so... We could be 40 or 50% of commercial vehicles built. We have 10% loyalty post-warranty for commercial customers. I mean, 10%. Like, there is a lot of upside in parts sales, you know, because almost all of our customers don't do business with us after the warranty expires. Um, and there's a lot of mixed fleets out there. And, and what we saw on the commercial side and what we're excited about growth is that no one puts the telematics, the fleet, like physical repair, the vehicle portfolio, um, energy, charging, no one puts it together. So these poor fleets, especially most of them are five or 10 fleet, um, electrician, plumber, they have to go out and they have to buy a telematic solution over here, a charging solution over there, you know, three or four different OEM relationships, you know, who all have different repair capabilities. It's a nightmare for a small, medium-sized business. So what I saw is like, Ford can grow. We can grow if we get in the services business, but it's, it's really hard. We're an OEM making trucks and, and vans. We are not, a, like it's been a really big change for us to start up pro, um, but I'm seeing the growth. Our software is now growing 40% a quarter. The margins are margins we've never seen in the vehicle side. Um, we have over 2,000 remote um, vans and trucks doing remote service. We had almost zero when we started Ford Pro. 2,000 remote service base. Um, for, Tesla, our, for Tesla? 
Anyone who's anyone who wants, you know, we're focused on, uh, you know, Ford and commercial right now. And this year, I mean, we'll go into details. Ford Pro just blew out its sales, uh, service, and parts business. I mean, we have a lot of big facilities going in, and it's amazing how many of our fleet customers want to do their physical service with us when they never had before. So I, it's a ghost story. That's yeah. what it is. And when you think about the patterns of you know, commercial use cases, we've talked a lot about um, EVs and, and the actual requirements yes. of people's... Yes. You know, they're not going to need 300 miles a day. Yes. Um, yes. When we were in LA, we talked to the CEO of Lucid, you know, said it's more like 27 miles. Yes. Any patterns you're seeing from a commercial use case Great that you guys question. can apply? They don't overbuy batteries. <laughs> they are totally different than a Maki or a Lightning customer who completely overbuys on battery. They, they, because they have a repeatable route. So they know how long they're going to go. So, like, you know, we, we can see their driving pattern. And they are really precise, which means that when we come out with our ground-up second-generation EVs for commercial, we will have lots of battery choices. Um, and LFP will become really key for them. Um, a lot of things we've noticed is they love the software even more than the vehicles, which was surprising to me. Um, Must make them money. Yeah. They like to drive, coach their drivers on what they do and don't do well. They, they like, there's a lot of fuel card um, uh, fraud. And now they can verify, is my person driving that super duty filling up where their expense report says? Um, there's so much connect. In fact, what I've learned is the one theme, the commercial customers are going to be the way the industry learns about software and data and electrification as much or more than the retail customer. They pay more for the data, they are heavier users of the data, um, and it's more integrated into our physical service network, which is our difference to Tesla. So I see Ford Pro as the future of Ford. Ford CEO Jim Farley spoke with publisher Casey Crane at yesterday's Automotive News Congress in Detroit. We'll hear more of that conversation tomorrow on Daily Drive. If you missed the event, you can still get on-demand access at autonews.com under the Events and Awards tab on our homepage. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Jake Neer, and for Kellen Walker. Thanks to our own Michael Martinez, Drew Goretzka, Lindsey Van Hulley, and Vince Bond Jr. for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on commercial vehicle manufacturing, electrification, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.